Hello, everybody. I'm glad to have you with me. Hello there. General Kenobi. This is the Down South IT Podcast. My name is Clark. That's right. Today is May 4th. This is Star Wars Day, and and I would lose all my geek credibility if I did not even at least mention that it's May the 4th. So, happy Star Wars Day to everybody. And today we're going to be going through some cooling solutions for your devices, whether it be laptop, desktop, whatever you happen to have. We'll, something in this list will pretty much apply to whatever you have, even your phone. So today I'm going to run through not only what some of these cooling solutions are, but how they work and why they're important. And that's the main thing is why they are important. But first things first, go check out the website, downsouthitpodcast.com. Anything having to do with the podcast, you can check up on there. The show prep for this episode is actually going to be pretty important because you can see pictures and all of that fun stuff of the different cooling solutions that I'm going to be talking about today and, you know, the whole nine. So it's going to be very important for that. The show prep is going to be right underneath the embedded player on the homepage. Just scroll down a little bit and you can find it right there. Uh, just look for episode 609, which would be this one, and it'll be fairly obvious by the title, Keep Your Cool. So you can check that out and see all the different pictures and different things like that. I'm not going to get into lists of which ones are best or not, because that's for an entirely different episode, and I'm liable to lose my IT guy card if I start calling out which ones are better or not, because... <laughs> Because there are some contentious things that happen whenever you start getting into that kind of thing. So, on top of that, you can also check out the merch store while you are on the website. And you can go pick up a cool looking shirt or a mug or leggings or all kinds of cool stuff with the Down South IT logos on them. All kind of really cool stuff. I do have the regular t-shirts for $17.99. So, those are on sale. I think that's going to be the regular price for them from now on just because... I really don't feel like having to deal with pricing very much for that. So that's probably going to be the regular price for them from now on. So any regular t-shirts are going to be $17.99. You can pick those up anytime you want and get any design you want for that price. But also while you're on the website, you can check out the build guides, the different videos that I have up on YouTube as well. I do have them embedded on the website and also the Defender newsletter. So anything having to do with usually computer or security oriented type things, that's usually what that's going to be. So you can check that out also. And if you happen to be on Discord, you can check out the Discord channel that I started. You can get on there. I'm going to start probably doing some exclusive stuff on Discord once everybody gets on there and I get a few more people. So jump on there we can start chit-chatting and everything i'll start rolling out some other stuff once everybody starts to join so fun stuff and go ahead and hit that up and last but not least if you're looking to listen to the podcast on your particular platform whichever that happens to be you can check out all the links right there on the top of the page and you can pick whichever one you have and it'll go straight to that show page and go ahead and give it a subscribe or a like or whatever you have to do on that particular platform that way you never miss an episode so jumping right in, cooling your computer, whether it be a laptop, a tablet, a desktop, anything like that, cooling your computer is going to be something important. And the main reason that we need to keep those cool is because all those components that you have on your motherboard, your graphics card, your uh, 
your RAM, anything that your computer uses to make calculations or render graphics or anything along that line produces heat. Whether or not it's going to be a lot of heat or just a little bit of heat depends on what it does and how much power it draws. But usually the main two culprits that we have within a computer are going to be the CPU and the graphics card. If you happen to not have a graphics card, the next one down would most likely be the VRMs, which is going to be around the CPU. Those are going to be not very wattage heavy. Usually they're like three to five watts, so they don't pull a lot of power and they don't put out a whole lot of heat in and of themselves, but there's usually a lot of them. So when you add them all together, then yeah, you kind of have a little bit, you know, a little bit of a heat issue there. But that's the whole thing with any components for a computer. By the time that all the electricity is used, it's going to give off basically the same amount of energy in heat. So you have to have take that heat and get it out of the system. Now, for a lot of older systems that don't have very much, you know, as far as components go and the components don't pull a whole lot of wattage or anything like that, or even some pre-builts nowadays, they can get away with only using a couple of case fans. And by doing that, it basically just pulls cold air in from one side and blows hot air out of the case, you know, back into the room. And by doing that, you get positive pressure from the case and, you know, everything goes out and everything is able to stay at a reasonable temperature going forward from just those fans. Now, on top of fans and different things like that, the reason why we need to cool is something called thermal throttling. And that's basically when components get so hot that they have to artificially limit the, the power that they intake or the speed that they run to be able to bring the temperature down to a manageable level so that they don't basically cook themselves. And that's important because any kind of, any kind of circuitry, any kind of silicon, anything like that having to do with computer components, the hotter it gets, the shorter the lifespan is. So we want to make sure that we keep everything as cool as possible. Now, when I'm talking cool and everything, 90% of, well, probably 99% of most monitoring software, stuff like that, runs everything and pulls everything in Celsius. So probably the, the easiest way to remember it is 100 degrees Celsius is usually your cutoff point. If you get to 100 degrees, nine times out of 10, something's either going to throttle or it's going to shut off. That's usually the case. I mean, depending on the device, depending on what it is, it may be a little hotter than that. It may be a little less. But for all intents and purposes, it's going to be around 100 degrees Celsius is going to be about where you're going. So you want to try to keep everything as cool as possible. But that's the measurement that you're looking for to not hit. You don't want to go above that or at that or you can during, you know, small spikes if you're doing something very intensive. You know, if you're, you're trying to do a video or something like that and you're encoding it, that way you can play it on another computer. If it does that for a few minutes, that's fine. It's not going to hurt anything. But if it runs like that for hours and hours on end, you're definitely going to get a performance hit and possibly a longevity hit on top of that. 
Now, one thing you may hear while, you know, PC builders and different things like that, different people talking about thermal compound whenever they're doing PC builds and different things like that, you know, CPU paste is another term for it. And basically all that is, it's, it's either a liquid metal or a paste with a lot of fine metal shavings in it that you put on the chip itself that will conduct heat away from the chip and into a cooling unit. And usually they want to do that as efficiently as possible. That way the most heat gets delivered from the chip onto the cooler. So they want something that's going to conduct heat very efficiently. And usually that's what it's called. It's called thermal compound and or CPU paste or GPU paste is, you know, something else they call it. But that's basically the whole idea of what it is. It just it's it's an intermediary intermediary in between the chip and the actual cooler that lets the heat transfer more efficiently. Now, there's a few different coolers that you could use within a laptop or a desktop, and even a lot of motherboards and different things like that do have them still, you know, to this day. And I kind of broke them up into two sections, uh, basically being passive and active. And passive coolers are going to be ones that don't have any kind of moving parts. So that's the easiest way to figure out what's going on with that. So first up, we have heat sinks. Heat sinks are basically just hunks of metal with fins on it. And all that does is the, the metal absorbs the heat coming off the chips and the fins built into it actually let air flow to it and cool it off. So that dissipates, that lets the heat transfer from the chip to the metal, from the metal to the air. So that's basically the, the easiest and cheapest form of cooling that you can possibly get. The next one would be heat pipes. And heat pipes are, they're an interesting little thing. They're basically a tube within a tube. And it's a copper tube with another copper tube in it. And it has a heat conductive liquid in it. And what it does is as heat's applied on one side, it actually feeds through the middle part of it, which is called the wick, and goes to where it's colder. As, and as it gets colder, it condenses in back into liquid and then, go, and then moves back to where it's hot. So it, kinda, it makes its own convection current within the pipe, you know, vaporizing and condensing within that pipe. Now, laptops especially, but even some phones and even some uh, a, a lot of tablets ha use heat pipes to dissipate heat and along this same principle they have what they call a vapor chamber vapor chambers are basically like a giant flat heat pipe <laughs> it's basically just a, a copper envelope with the same heat conductive liquid in it and it's that's all it does. It gets hot on one corner and then spreads out to the other one, you know, to, to the other sides and dissipates the heat and then keeps, you know, keeps going along the same line. Vapor chambers and heat pipes, they're in basically kind of in the same family. And depending on the application, like I say, in something like a phone, I know a lot of gaming phones have big vapor chambers in them. Most tablets, most laptops have heat pipes along with a couple of fans and different things like that. But the, the reason why they use those is because one, they're really, really efficient. And two is they're really, really small. 
and they can be bent in such a way that they can basically snake around all the different moving parts and other parts of the laptop or tablet or what have you to be able to dissipate that heat. So they can bend these in any way that they want to. They can flatten them out. They can, you know, do different things with them. So depending on the design, they'll use either heat pipes or vapor chambers, either way. But the idea is still the same. It's going to take the heat from one side, vaporize a liquid, and move it to where it can cool off and then recondense. But just keep in mind, the whole idea is not what the heat pipes and all and everything do. It's to be able to, the whole idea is to get the heat away from the chips. That's the whole idea. It's not, you know, how to bend these and get these in cool looking shapes and different things like that. It's how to efficiently get the heat away from these chips so that they don't burn up. That's, ba that's the whole idea behind all of this. Now, whenever you start getting into active cooling, this is ones that have moving parts. So these have fans incorporated, pumps, different things like that. And in fact, I'm probably going to mention one in a little bit that you've never even heard of that is kind of new toward, you know, the, the PC world. It's been there for a while, but it hasn't really been efficient enough to make a difference. But they're kind of coming out. But the first one in the active cooling uh, category, and you can actually put it in with the passive cooler because they're they can do both to be honest is going to be a tower cooler and this is usually a fairly cheap option for cpu coolers and they have four usually four to six heat pipes and those go up and have fins attached that let everything cool off you know either with a fan or without one and there are some tower coolers that do not have fans and some of them even for server applications because the servers run at such a slow speed that they don't actually build up a whole lot of heat. So just the tower cooler and a case fan is enough to keep it at bay. So that there are active ones with fans on them. I do have a picture of one on the show prep if you want to check that out. And the one I have on there is actually an active one with a fan on it they have some with dual fans it just depends on the application how much heat you actually are you're going to be putting out for your cpu because this happens to be cpu uh, cooler i don't believe there are any tower coolers for gpus for uh graphics cards i could be wrong but they don't i don't believe they are <laughs> And even if you did, I think that would be kind of weird because that's a lot of the real estate that you're going to be taking up with a, a fan for that. But for CPUs, you usually can get away with a good tower cooler and you'll be fine. You know, if you want to get a replacement for the stock cooler, there are a lot of different ones. Uh, I think the one that I have on the show prep is a be quiet version. There's Noctua makes a few of them. They're uh, Corsair, VGA, uh, EVGA, I'm sorry. Um, there's a lot of different companies that make tower coolers, but there's usually only about five or six of them that most people trust because they're tried and true. And if you know, you can do your own research and find out which one is best for you. Usually, and unless you're getting like a balls to the wall, crazy in uh intel you know like a 11 600 or 11 800 uh cpu one of the newest ones that are basically furnaces or 
something huge like a 5950X or something like that from AMD, you can get away with a tower cooler. You know, it's not going to be all that hot and you should, you know, just doing normal use, a tower cooler is going to be fine for most people. So when you take the next step up from that is whenever you get into liquid coolers. Now, there's a couple of different ones. Uh, usually, if you go the liquid cooling route, you could either go the full, you know, liquid cooling loop, or you can go with an AIO. And basically what it is, is the the AIO is an all-in-one. That's what AIO stands for. It has the radiator, the pump, fans, radiator, all the tubing, everything like that, all-in-one package that you just install into the case and turn it on and it goes. Whenever you're looking for a actual loop, then you have all of those parts that are separate and you can do a lot more with it. It's a lot more complex, but it's also a lot more expensive. So whenever you're talking pumps, reservoirs, different blocks for different things, all the tubing, the fittings, the radiators, the water blocks. I mean, it can get really, really expensive doing that really, really fast. So, I mean, there's starting kits for between three and four hundred dollars, you know, for just the CPU and not even counting the using a, using it for a graphics card. You know, most of the AIOs that are on the market right now are specifically for CPUs. But they do have some that are both. They do have some that come with a CPU and a GPU cooler. They're not quite as efficient because usually when you do both, that's a lot more heat in the system. And they don't tend to work quite as good for like long gaming sessions and different things like that. The regular loops that you build from scratch, those have a lot more liquid in them and they have a lot more circulation. So those you can add in more components and be able to get much better temperatures for longer because there's more liquid in the system. Both of them use usually either water or some kind of treated water for that specifically designed to not have any kind of bacteria or any kind of buildup, anything like that, whenever you're actually using it. That way you can do it for a few years without having to clean it. The AIOs, those are usually they'll start in the 120 to 150 dollar range normally and like i said the the loops are actually going to go starting at like probably 300 bucks and that's going to be for a really cheap one when you get into like the really hardcore water cooling loops custom stuff you're looking probably six eight you know maybe even a thousand dollars for a custom water loop so you know, if that's if you have the money to spend, I mean, more power to you. But there are much cheaper ways to get around that, you know, tower coolers, AIOs, that kind of thing. Now, granted, depend the AIOs can get on the pricey side. Also, you can find some for three or four hundred dollars, but those do have much bigger radiators. So, you know, the cost does kind of offset itself a little bit. Now, I actually did a, a episode a while back on should you water cool? And if you listen to that episode, basically it was kind of maybe (laughs) because there's really no all encompassing reason to water cool, but there's no reason really not to. It really depends on what you use your computer for. Um, 
especially if you do a lot of gaming or anything like that for extended periods, then it's possible that, you know, a water cooling could help, you know, help you out because just for the simple fact of tower coolers, you know, those do tend to not do quite as well under long term. But if you get all the liquid in the AIO or a, you know, water cooling loop hot, then they do the exact same thing. It just takes them longer to get there. So it really depends on your application and, you know, how much you want to put into it. So I really can't tell you yes or no, whether or not it's going to be something that that's going to be for you. You know, you may see a benefit from it and, you know, that's, that's great. You just have to weigh that benefit to that cost and see if that's something that would actually benefit you or not. Now, moving into one of the weirder things that I have on this list is a Peltier cooler. And most people probably have never even heard of this. In fact, it's not very often that you see these for computer components or even CPU coolers or anything like that, simply because they work but they're not nearly as efficient as they need to be to be able to actually do any kind of good. Uh, They do have several phones, several gaming phones, I think the ROG phone, and there's a couple of other ones too that come with active coolers on them. And I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. One of them actually does have a Peltier cooler that you put on the back of it to keep the CPU and everything else cool from the back you just clamp it on and it hooks into a, a USB-C port and it act, it active cools the back of the phone and I thought that was kind of cool but that's probably about as good as it's actually going to get as far as Peltier coolers and basically what these are they're thermal resistors so there's basically a die and on each side it's split so on each side, you have one side that gets really, really cold when you pass electricity through it. And you got one side that's really, really hot. So it'll cool off, you know, something, a chip or a CPU or, or graphics card or whatever. But once the other side starts to get hot, it can't really transfer any more heat out of the system. And it just stagnates and everything gets hot. So it'll work for a little while under a little bit of heat, but it's not something that's normal. There are a few of them that are kind of making strides in the in the area to where, you know, it could be viable for a CPU cooler, but they are kind of pricey. I think they're they're in the three to four hundred dollar range from what I remember, but they're just not that efficient. So if you're going for best bang for the buck, especially on a CPU cooler, you're going to go tower cooler. If you need something a little bit more heavy duty, you go AIO. If you go, if you're going all out and really, really need it, you know, for extreme cooling, then you would go custom water loop. But that's kind of the, you know, that's the steps that you almost have to take. So like I said before, cooling is very important to your laptop, to your desktop, everything to keep everything going as long as it possibly can. The hotter all of these parts get, the shorter their lifespan. Now, there are several different apps out there that you can use to check temperatures and different things like that to see where you actually stand. Uh, if you have, I think Intel actually has their own, AMD I know has their own version because the AMD temperatures are a little bit weird. They don't use the the 
the stock temperature sensors like they like Intel does. And for some reason, everybody codes their apps to use the Intel temperature readings. And so the AMD ones are always going to show on there a little higher than they actually are by like four or five degrees. So it's a little weird on that. But if you do have something AMD, look for theirs. Uh, I believe if you have a Ryzen CPU, you can download uh, AMD Ryzen Master. And that'll give you all the temps that you can possibly want for your CPU and keep that in check. Or if you have a graphics card and you want to keep that up to up to snuff, you can always look up MSI Afterburner. That'll do the exact same thing for just about any graphics card that you have. But on just on Windows, there's a couple of different tools. There's Hardware Info, Hardware Monitor, and Specky. If you wanted to use those uh, on Mac, there's Temp Monitor, and on Linux, there's a few of them. There's Glances, Sensors, and Hard Hard Info. So you can use all of those to monitor the temperatures all over the motherboard. Usually, your motherboard will have at least eight different temperature readings on it. Uh, on top of your CPU, GPU, you know, different things like that. So it'll have different things in different places to let you know where everything's getting hot and not. And that's always a good thing to know. So what can you do besides buying a new cooler to keep all of this kind of thing in check? And the easiest thing is just regular maintenance, just cleaning everything out. You know, dust is going to be your worst enemy in, in all of this. Dust is killer when it comes to fans and heat sinks and different things like that. So if you haven't done it in a while, usually I, I try to recommend at least twice a year to go in and blow out your computer, you know, really good. If you have pets or if you keep your, you know, desktop or laptop or anything like that on a carpet or something along that line. Uh, that's usually not a good idea anyway because all of that dust goes straight into the computer and it makes it that much worse that much faster so if you can put it on a flat hard surface you know that that'll help out a lot too but if you're doing anything like that you might want to do it maybe three times a year you know just to keep everything clear take the covers off canned air and a microfiber cloth you know is usually all you need to keep everything straight you know, spray everything out with the canned air the the wipe the fan blades down with the microfiber cloth keep everything together you don't have to unplug really anything you can if you want to really really deep clean it but you really don't have to the canned air is really good at getting in tight spots so use that as much as you can you know anything else wipe the dust on the outside you can do this with laptops too you know uh, blow out the fans blow out all of the the dust makes sure, you know on the intakes the the outflows Anything like that that you can, you know, usually for a laptop, it's eight or nine screws on the bottom and you can just pop the whole bottom panel off and just spray everything out and you should be good. Tablets and phones are going to be sealed more than likely. So you really won't have to deal with much of a dust issue if you do have anything, but it's always good. Pop them out the cases and give them a good wipe down just in case, you know, keep everything clean and on the up and up. It's not a bad, bad habit to get into. Remember, if you need anything that you wanted to take a look at from the show prep, it's right there on the website, downsouthitpodcast.com, right under the embedded player. So you can go check out what all of these different coolers look like, along with all the other stuff that I got on the website. So you can check all of that out while you're there. And like I like to end every podcast, a paraphrase from Albert Hubbard, technology can replace the work of many people. 
but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. Thank you all for listening. You guys are amazing. I love you. I'll see you right back on the next episode of the Down South IT Podcast. Later. Later.